So this week on e-commerce straight talk, we're discussing Amazon Prime Day and expectations for this year. Uh, will retail sales slow down in the near future? The $15 minimum wage is trending in e-commerce. Will it continue? Uh, returned items are becoming are, are becoming a burden for brands and the shoppable inventory takeover. Stay tuned. of e-commerce straight talk. So starting off this week, we're talking about Amazon Prime Day. And now last year, COVID pushed uh, Prime Day from July back to October and most every brand felt this um, in, in a deep way as well. Um, even though there was an increase um, compared to an increase in revenue made on that day from compared to 2019, about 17%. So an estimated about $10 billion in total revenue made. Um, are we gonna see similar trends this year? I know a lot of brands got hit pretty hard. Um, and, and, and even, you know, those outside of Amazon, there's, I know brands across the board got hit hard and during the pandemic as well, Amazon took the bulk of, of, of a lot of the revenue that was made last year, um, which is pretty crazy. So are we gonna see similar numbers this year? I think, and, and, and our prediction, our expectation is that we will probably end up be seeing familiar numbers um, compared to 2019, not 2020. That is to say, the smaller brands that are not the Amazon and Walmart and Target of the world um, should be able to make up a lot of revenue during that time. Um, what's interesting to see is the strategy behind what brands do, because obviously it's Amazon Prime Day. So the idea is, hey, well, are we going to be spending money on Amazon's clients and on, on their customer list since they own the real estate? Or is there a way for us to do it ourselves? And so that's really what you have to take a look at and do some self-inventory of for, for your brand specifically. Now, what we usually do is we usually just hop on the bandwagon where we know people are spending money, especially with Prime Day. Um, we know that once that behavior is triggered, we'll just continue to hit them. So we'll hit them across the board on social, on search, you know, everything in between influencer campaigns, um, stressing Prime Day, right? Because that's what it is. However, when they're buying, we are sending them to our own real estate, our websites, um, our product collection pages and so on and so forth. So we're not sending them to, to Amazon's because, um, you know, the biggest irritant really is the fact that Amazon owns that customer, we don't. So we wanna own them. We wanna do everything we can to make sure that they stay with us. Um, now looking to the, the next um, topic here, according to the Morning Brew, retailers um, from Q1's earnings uh, showed people, people are back spending money, um, especially with retail, which is up 37% year over year which is really good, right? I mean, retail got hit pretty hard this past year. Um, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and Macy's all reported strong numbers uh, thanks to the continued growth in e-commerce um, and, and consumers making large purchases, especially uh, Home Depot there. Um, but it wasn't just the big players either. You look at Shoe Carnival, they posted a strong quarter um, thanks to their loyalty program and in-store growth. So despite um, these figures, there's a lot of analysts that are basically saying this is at some point in time, this is going to level off. Um, this is going to cool down. So, you know, when do you think retail sales will cool down? Now, me personally, 
I think it'll happen um, back to school, right? Right after. So we're talking September. Um, more than likely, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of re-entering the, the old patterns that we saw. If we just cut out 2020 and act like it never happened, and then we look at 2019, 2018, 2017, all these years, what are the patterns, what are the purchase patterns that we've been seeing across the board? And we know that the summer is huge, especially for back to school. And that, that starts with Prime Day. Prime Day is really the kickoff to the, the, the back to school season. Now that said, usually in August too, it is difficult because every brand's loading up and they spend, um, obviously they don't spend as much as they do for Q4, but this is the, 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 the second most expensive time of the year. And so I think people will be bombarded with sales and deals and everything under the sun and you know new mattresses or whatever it is, um, kids clothes. So I think once things, people go back to work, um, whether that's at home or in an office, but kids definitely go back to school. That's, I think, when we'll see it just dramatically drop off like we always do every year. So you about after that first week of September. Um, now going on talking about minimum wage. So CNN Business says Under Armour will raise its minimum wage to $15. With When we're looking at the bulk of uh, the service industry, um, service industry workers really being still collecting unemployment, are we going to continue to see this trend um, as brands ha are having a labor problem, a labor shortage across the board for everybody, but especially for brands, are we going to see this trend uh, really come to fruition to across the board? So I think so. I think it's more than just brands. I mean, McDonald's came out, and I think it's $17 an hour minimum wage. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what they were pushing. Um, the idea is, is they just need people to work, period. Um, whether that's a good or bad thing, and I don't know your politics, and that's fine. We don't, we don't have to sit here and argue about it. Um, needless to say, if we're looking at the cost of everything right now, um, prices are always sticky coming down. So let's say supply comes back because right now we have a supply problem across the board. We have, you know, we don't have enough chips for new cars. We don't have enough lumber uh, for new homes to be built. Um, you know, so it's 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 a problem for everyone and everything. But if we look at sort of the economics of that, even if that supply comes back, those prices generally stay sticky on the way down. All right, they're not sticky on the way up. They shoot right up, but they're sticky on the way down. Um, so. Is this a trend that we're going to continue to see? I think so. However, I do think everything will be more expensive into the future as well. So whether this $15 difference will actually make a difference, that'll, you know, is yet to be seen. So we'll see. Um, next topic. So we're really talking about um, returned items have so, sort of stuck their ugly nose up and become a real problem. Um, this has to do with population dispersion, which I know we've talked about the past couple of weeks. Um, it's become a real thing, but because you have these massive populations not living in one central location anymore, that means the cost to, to drive, and, and like I just said, the cost of everything is up right now. So the cost for returned products are really starting to drive into the margins of brands. Um, and so on average, a returned product costs about 30% more than the value of the actual sale. Now, to make this make sense, you wouldn't pay 30% more than what your product's worth or the revenue you get for the sale. 
to, to give it to somebody and then they give it back, right? So obviously we have a lot of brands, what they do, they say, you know what, if you want a refund, okay, we'll refund your money, you just keep it, right? Or throw it away or do whatever you want with it. Um, but really when you look at this, you have uh, a, a bigger products, right? Or when people are doing buy online, um, pay later, or buy now, pay later. So with A-Firm and, and, and all these finance, uh, Klarna, all these finance technology companies, um, they haven't paid full price yet. So, you know, expect them to ask for a refund. But if, if, if we have higher values, like if it's something for 20 bucks, okay, get it, totally. Totally understand, but what if it's something for 500 or 1,000 or 2,000? Then you have a major issue, or if it's you know a bunch of products. So, what we could really see is this continued, like, hey, just keep keep it. Don't worry, we'll refund you your money. That's fine. Obviously, you'll have brands fight this tooth and nail. Um, I think at the end of the day, you're not going to win that battle. Period. It's just easier just to eat it. But what would be interesting, especially now that. Uh, brick and mortar starting to come back is to see these companies, these brands start making innovative deals with these in-store companies. So example, obviously Sears is gone, doesn't exist, but let's say I have products I'm selling, somebody wants to return it, you know, it's a worth, it's a $500 product, of course I want it back, but I don't, it's gonna cost me even more to get that. What if I can say, you know what? Yes, go ahead and return it to this store my your local Sears or Nordstrom or, or JCPenney or whatever, Barnes and Noble, whatever your product is. So the store would take that deal because it gets them in the store, right? And the likelihood of them buying again is, is big, but you also get your product back at a cheaper cost too, because now you don't have to pay the cost to ship it all the way there or, you know, at least half the cost back. So it's, it's an interesting sort of idea. I think that um, we'll probably end up seeing um, on top of that, in-store traffic is already having an issue. I mean, it was having an issue before the pandemic and now it's definitely having an issue. So I think it'll be interesting to see if, if that comes back, will brands be able to make these partnership deals with these companies like Macy's or whoever? Um, that way they can get these products back similar to the deals that like Amazon has with UPS. Can you do something similar with, with these bigger brands? Or will they open up some sort of partner portal in which you can do that and then they get free foot traffic seems like a hell of a deal all right now last topic shoppable inventory so we did definitely discuss this a few weeks ago and, and what we're talking about is sort of like um you, you know the 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 shopping channel um qbc and these cha these channels where you just watch them sell products and then you call to buy well obviously we know that um, Amazon has been beta testing this idea, but really shoppable inventory is, is starting to make its rounds on uh, not only TV networks, but streaming services as well. So Netflix, Hulu, you know, other streaming services and TV networks want to get on board and allow people to click and buy while they're watching something. So here, here's an example. Um, imagine what you're watching an NBA game. NBA pregame, you know, and they have, a, the, as you're walking to the locker room, they have the guys come out and they're always wearing some Gucci suit or something nice or a pair of pajamas, whatever they're wearing. Um, well, imagine as that's happening, you can scan a QR code or click a button, right, if you're on your computer or your phone, 
and, and see the collection of products that they're wearing and you can buy it right then and there. Well, they've already tested this with, um, what was it, the, the US Open for tennis. And you, and, and you could just go right on and you could get, you know, saying you, there was a QR code that sent you straight to Lacoste so that you could see the Lacoste gear that they're wearing, right? Now, the question is, would you ever buy something like this? Now, I suspect um, the, the first inclination is like, no, why would I do that? But that's always the first inclination to do something new, isn't it? Now, over time, especially if you watch something you were really into, even if it was NASCAR, right? And you're buying a case of Mountain Dew, it doesn't matter. It could be something cheap or it could be something expensive. But the idea of shoppable inventory is really starting to make the rounds. And I think it's going to, to, to make a lot of headway. Now, what could be interesting to see how your current advertising platforms, such as Google, YouTube, right? Because YouTube does something similar, but it doesn't do exactly what we're talking about with shoppable inventory. But what if you could? Or if you could connect to something like that, um, Facebook, Facebook Live, and how how Facebook's really trying to push that entertainment value, even though it's losing to TikTok, um, can they push that even farther so that as you're watching something, um, whether it's a fight maybe or something of that nature, a, a game on Facebook or hell even TikTok, I know does something similar, but it's not quite as robust as this. The idea would be. Is this going to continue and could these platforms push it even farther? And I think that they will. And the incentive is there for them, right? More ad dollars. How much do I have to pay as an advertiser to get my client's product on there? You know, how do I set it up? Because I'll do it. I'll test it all day long. So we'll, we'll see if this really turns into something much bigger than it already is. Um, I feel like it will. I know that it will on Amazon. I know that they've already been running ads on Hulu where the ad itself, you can run the QR code or even click a button or even speak into Alexa and order the product. Um, but will this sort of uh, uh, click and buy what you're watching? Even even if it was like a movie of John Wick, if you're watching John Wick and it has, has his suit on there, you know how many people would buy that suit? It would be insane. So I really think that this is, this is a trend that we'll continue to see over the next about five years or so. All right, folks. So that's it for this week. Stay tuned every Thursday. We got new new episodes coming out and we're talking about trends, behaviors, patterns, and any updates across e-commerce, retail, and direct to consumer. See you later.